0: Good morning, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Morning Glory Sessions. So I'm going live on Primal's page as well. Thought I might as well add them in because I've been doing doing these for so long. I haven't done many videos on Primal. So today I want to talk about um, different journeys, people's different journeys, because I was talking to one of the members today. He's just come back. Actually, if you watch my podcast with him, Chris, uh, he was, we done a live video a couple of weeks ago. So he was, he's uh, he's putting on a lot of weight and he's back in the gym and one of the Chris was doing something that 99.9% of people who started gym their gym journey again, um, do they fall into this? Don't even realize it sometimes, but they fall into this trap of comparing yourself to other people. You're comparing your current level of fitness, uh, don't comparing your um, who you are currently to the other people in the gym, and then making these, these illegitimate comparisons and almost. Putting yourself down, talking negative to yourself because you don't seem to in your head fit the criteria that you believe everyone else is at. you know? And with Chris, now Chris has trained me for a long time. And the thing with the thing with me, when I see someone who's heavily overweight, or someone who's low in confidence and isn't <clears throat> isn't really is struggling to get themselves into that zone. When I see that person coming into the into the gym for the first time, Already, I've, I've, I've their I've told him you've already overcome your first battle. Now, with maybe being a fighter or not. Well, coach, fighting coach. And I've been involved in the fighting scene for so many years. I tend to see everything almost like a war. I always see it like a fight everywhere. And one of the fights, I this, is for me. Like if you imagine your journey from fat to fit is the war, and in between all those, and then everyone was in a war. War is made up of many battles. So you've, you've now the war is your fat to fit. You've got to overcome every battle before you can actually win the war. So, Chris's first battle, and anyone who's overweight, anyone who's unconfident, anyone who's never been to the gym and has a trepidation about turning up at the gym, your first battle is getting through that door, turning up, and actually saying hello to the coach. And for a lot of people, I know there's a lot of people going, ah, that's not really much of a deal. But when you're, depending on your mindset, that could be the biggest hurdle you have to overcome. That could be your biggest battle. Now your second battle will be when you actually get to the gym and you look around you and you see these people and it could be some strong guy in the corner lifting some weight that you don't even think really could exist or someone couldn't lift that. Or could, like I said in the in the text, it could be a girl who's really strong and confident, squatting in the squat rack and is making you feel intimidated. And your automatic your response, your thought pattern will be, Jesus Christ, I'm not good enough for that. I, I couldn't handle what they're doing. And what you don't realise is you've never questioned, well, where do they start out from? Is your reference point, is what you the, what think thinking true? Because just because you've seen something in real time doesn't mean that that person wasn't exactly like you or had a similar story to you a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. And because you don't really rationally think, we think emotionally, you know, you walk in, you're nervous, you're already emotional, yeah. and you're almost... You're looking, your subconscious is looking for a way out. Because of this fear, it just picks up. Like I said, your nervous system doesn't really, your subconscious mind, it doesn't think rationally. It's just thinking about safety. And this is a a threatening environment for you to walk into. So automatically, your nervous system is going to be all flying, firing. And you're, you're going to find that excuse. You're going to find that reason, if you can, to just run. But you don't realize, what you've never realized is, that guy that you're admiring, that guy that you're going, Jesus, that That girl you think is so confident and so brilliant, she could have been you, he could have been you a year ago, could have been you two years ago. The only difference is they overcame that first battle. They overcame the second battle. They turned up again. And no matter what battle they faced, they overcame it. And when you understand this, you can start freeing your mind of the stories and the fears that you've got that don't really exist in real life. The only place they exist is in your head. And when we start allowing ourselves to, to accept that this is part of the journey and that actually you need this part of the journey to become someone more, you cannot become the person you want to become in the current mindset you're in. The current mindset you're in has delivered you the person you are today. So if you if you want to change that person, you've got to be willing to make the change. You've got to be willing to step up and accept that. These are these, uh, challenges that life's going through at you are there purposely in order to help you become the person you want to become, the person you need to become, to become the person you want to become. So you should embrace them. And they're going to be challenges because what's the. They're going to maybe. Some of them are going to lose. Like every war. No one's ever went through a war. No country's ever went through a war and won every battle. There's been defeats along the way. But like I said, the text there, the, a good general, and that's what you are, you'd be thinking yourself as a general, the general of your life. That general is going to learn, is going to take the successes from the wins, and he's going to apply those principles to. Other battles, so hopefully he's gonna win them battles, and then he's gonna lose some battles, and the battles he loses, he's gonna reflect on and he's gonna see where did I go wrong? And there's gonna be lessons to be taught in those losses, and you've got to apply the lessons learned into your next battle so you overcome it the next time, and maybe you don't overcome the next time, but then you, you apply more apply more lessons or learn more lessons and apply those lessons until eventually you overcome it. Like, I think it was Thomas Edison, he when he was inventing the light bulb. Like he had a book where he wrote down every failure and he didn't call it a failure. He just said it was one more lesson in how not to do it. And he had like something like 9,999 lessons in how not to do it. But eventually those lessons that he applied, the the, the, the lessons he learned from those and he applied, he got, he got to the point where he got the light bulb. And it's the same as every human being on this earth. I could walk into the gym and I could look at, like when I worked, there's a guy used to work with me, Gareth, and he's in phenomenal shape. He's 27, 28. Maybe he's older now. But uh, he's phenomenal shape. Just like he's one of those guys you, would, you wouldn't take your top off in front of because he's just that ripped and strong and big. I could compare myself to him. I could fall into that trap. I could look and go, fuck, he's dead left 230 kilo. I can't even touch the bar at the moment. There's no point in me training. But his journey is completely different. He's a completely different person who I am. His, his goals... His life ambitions as a 29-year-old are not running congruent with a 43-year-old, nearly 44-year-old man's who needs a hip replacement, who's got two kids, who's looking after another two partners, two kids, who's running a business, who's got a house to run. But it's very easy for me to compare myself to him because we are in the same gym, we're lifting sort of weights, we're both men, I should be able to lift what he, he should. No, I shouldn't. He's full of testosterone. He's, he's got free time. He's more motivated than me. He's got more desire to get that physique than me. So me comparing myself to him would be madness. But we'll fall into that trap. And every single person you see, that strong guy, that strong girl you're looking at, that one you're admiring, you've got to remember that they are doing the exact same thing that you're doing with someone else. There's, they're all. We're, it's a human. It's human nature to compare ourselves. We judge ourselves. We judge each other without even realizing it's just human nature to do that. The thing you've got to learn is not to allow those emotional thoughts, those emotional feelings inside you that that's just gonna bubble up the surface straight away. You can't allow them to dictate your outcomes because if you do, you'll find yourself never achieving the goals you want to achieve. It's very it's very easy to allow your mind to take control of your actions. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of strength and a lot of like focus to to accept that these thoughts aren't natural or that they're natural, sorry, and but they don't mean they're necessarily true. You know, your goal when you walk in the gym, if you're overweight, you're unconfident, is to to lose some body fat, to maybe it's to improve your health. Maybe you've had a, a, a health scare and you, you, you've had a heart attack or a mini stroke or something like that, high heart, and you need to do this to survive. You need to do this to live. You've got children maybe and you want to live longer. Your goal is not gonna be the same as that guy lifting 200 kilo off the floor. His his goal is at that moment in time is to get stronger. Your goal is just to lose some body fat. And if you fall into the 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 habits and the beliefs that you're comparing yourself to him, you're destined for failure. Your journey are going to, your this fitness journey, this health journey you're on, it's gonna be broken into small, bite-sized chunks. Your first one, like I said, join a gym. Second one, actually get there. Third one, start mingling with people. Fourth one, turn up the next time. The fifth one, turn up the next time. The sixth one, maybe the 10th or 11th, maybe by four weeks, five weeks, you're maybe starting to consider, okay, maybe I'll join the main class now. Maybe I'll start actually lifting some focused weight. But for the first four, maybe eight weeks in a fitness journey when you haven't done anything, maybe longer, maybe it could be 12 weeks, Your your simple job should be turn up. And if you're in a gym like Primal, do what you're told, nothing else. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't start justifying why you can't do something to another coach because it's another t- habit that people have. When you can't, when you know you're about to face something, that's a challenge to you. Like if I ask, if I ask someone, big big one would be like some of the guys in the gym would do handstands. So they go up, do a handstand, bang, their handstand, they're holding a nice 10, 15-second handstand. Then some new starter come in or somebody who's never done Hanson's before, they'll come in and their first thing before they even try it, they'll, they'll justify why they can't do it because in their head, that, to, to me, that's telling, that's giving me the information I need to know that they're not confident because rather than just going for it and accepting failure as part of the journey, they're verbalizing why they won't be able to achieve what they're trying to achieve. And by Michael it it. and that is just a, a safety mechanism. It's um. It's a self perseverance me- method that you want, you know, you're in your head, you already told yourself you're going to make a dick out of yourself. So before you do make a dick out of yourself and have everyone laugh at you, but you, in your head, you think it's going to happen, you're ready, you're really verbalized how you're not going to do it. And you sort of have <laughs> that nervous laughter. That's you preparing yourself for what you believe is going to come in next. And the reality is most people, if they're laughing, they're laughing with you, not at you because they've probably been that journey themselves. They understand that experience, but you haven't, so you haven't got any reference point. So you're just full of nerves, not realizing that all the guys who can do handstands had to start where you started as well at some point in their life. They had, and the only reason they've become become good at handstands is because they've done handstands over and over and over again until they can do the handstand. But they've had to fall. It's like that Rocky story, you know, you, you, you fall down seven, you get up eight. Those people who are willing to get up eight times when they've been knocked down seven are the ones who are going to succeed. It's the ones who get knocked down once or twice and then decide they're not getting up in the third round. They're the ones that remain who they are today, unhappy and miserable. And it's crazy when you think about it because your day-to-day living is miserable. You're not happy with who you are. You're not happy how you feel. You're not happy how you look. And you would prefer, but it, but that how you look, how you feel, how you move, etc. It's familiar. It's comfortable. Even, in a, even though it's not comfortable, in a way, it is comfortable because it feels safe. Because you know that you can cope. feeling like this. even though you're not happy with. It, you know you can cope. There's a level of coping there, and stretching yourself out of your comfort zone is like it's it's the unknown. It's, it's the experience is intimidating. So you're not you're you're actually in a subconscious way you're more willing to stay who you are. And feel safe knowing that even though you're miserable, you can cope with that, then you are to stretch yourself and maybe face the unknown and put yourself out there because you've you've had knockbacks all your life. And when you think about this, people like I'm I'm a big encourager for guys to start off in the gym three days a week. But even if you train five days a week, that's five hours at 168. It's 2.97% of your life, of your week, right? Okay, that the that, that, that early week. You're only training if you're training five days a week for an hour that's only 2.97% of that week. Now when you come to primal, when you start, I'll hold your hand. Michael will hold your hand. We'll we'll, we'll guide you through things until we we'll make it as comfortable a journey as possible. But as I spoke as before, as you progress a few months into it, we start letting go of your hand and we'll step back a bit. We'll let you we'll let you grow a bit and then experience things you know and the new challenge. And then as you get maybe a couple of years into it, We'll barely be there for you. Well, well, well that's a lie. We're gonna be there for you. But we're gonna we're just gonna throw cues out there. We expect that you know the the process, we expect you know how to deadlift, we expect that you know the structure of the program and that you're confident in your abilities and you can go. Now there, there'll be cues like John, keep your back straight or hinge a bit deeper, or you know, retract your shoulder blades, whatever it is. There's always be cues going out there. But the reality is, when I mean, you've been training a primal for like a year or so, our level of coaching and the way we explain things. I'm pretty confident that you're going to be well versed in how to train properly, and you're now there because you love the community and you love the results you're getting. Not so much for the coaching aspect, but in the beginning, you need your hand held. You need to be good. You need to be guided through it. But the problem with that is people can become emotionally attached to the coach. So we we are like their their emotional cry called the emotional crutch, the third leg, and when We take that third leg away, that crutch away. People seeing the falls like they've got a broken leg in the fall because they don't realize it. The the, the training is the easy part of the fat loss journey. And I'm talking to guys who are overweight now. Most people who are, who are starting the gym are usually carrying a bit of weight, and want to lose weight and build a bit of muscle. So, you're if in the gym, if you're turning up, you're getting you're telling yourself, I done really well in the gym today, high five yourself, focus on that amazing job you've done, but also understand that there's another 162 hours in that week that you're on your own, that you've got to find a system, a method of, of avoiding the food you know we should avoid, of of avoiding the habits that have been created, you know, the emotional content that you've got. There's going to be, there's, you're going to, it's like when I, there's guys come in, they're a lot of them are smokers. So they come in, they're smoking. And I say to them, can we give up the cigarettes? Yes, I can go cold turkey, not a problem. And I'm saying, I'm smoking, many smoking a day? Oh, I'm smoking 25 a day. Well, if you go from 25 to zero, you might do that for three or four days, but you can guarantee there's going to be a fight with the missus or a fight with the husband or something stress is going to happen and you're automatically going to go bang and then you're back on that habit. But it's more feasible for most people to go, can, well, if, can you smoke 20 a day? Let's For the next two weeks, can you just commit to doing 20 a day? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, and that becomes your habit. After two, three weeks, 20 a day becomes your habit. You've dropped those five. Then can we do another five? So now you're down to 15. And over the space of six to eight weeks, you slowly drip feed yourself into these, into this less and less and less required need for these habits. And the habit becomes less and less and less until eventually you become a different person. It's the same with eating, same with your, your food. There's no point in you coming into me and telling me when you're like 25 stone and you've been living on junk food for so many years that you're just gonna go cold turkey because you can't go cold turkey. But I can guarantee as soon as something emotional happens, something stressful happens in your life, your first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to that comfort. You're going to go to that thing that makes you feel good about yourself. And that that is food. So that could be, for, another, for other people, that could be the, another battle. Can you say no to the food that you want simply because you've always eaten it? You know, so many people don't eat. So many people eat for the sake of eating. I'm a big eater. I just eat when I'm bored. And so many of us eat when I'm bored. And we don't ever think ourselves, well, if I'm bored, why not just go for a walk? But it's become a habit. So you've got to be consciously aware of the fact that you're doing, They make these mistakes, you're doing these things, and then try to overcome them, take steps. Like, one of the things I told Chris today was, like, you're eating. Eat, put your food on a smaller plate. steam how's it going, mate. If you put your food on a smaller plate, it's going to look, psych- subconsciously, psychologically, it's going to look bigger. Okay, so you now like can you put your put your knife and fork down between bites because I'm a I'm a wolf like I would just like rah, put my food in. So I try to take a take a mouthful, put my fork down, chew my food a bit longer than I usually do, swallow, it, pick my knife or take a glass of water, take a sip of water, put it down. And all I'm doing here is I'm trying to retrain my eating patterns because we eat it, we eat. So I'm a big eater, like I said, we, eat, we gorge ourselves. And I've eaten a plate of food before it's even hit my stomach. And what what I try what I realize is that if I take my time throughout my, my when I'm eating, and I put my knife and fork down, and I take a sip of water, I'm giving that food time to settle. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot fuller. And the food of the plate of food I had that I would usually scoff down my throat, there's there's about twenty percent left, and I can leave that. And that's the other point: leave twenty percent of your food on the plate. You don't have to finish your entire plate. It's, it, it's like a habit with our parents were Irish, you know, we're, we're brought up with like, kind you clear your plate, get those spuds in there. And it becomes a habit from a childhood. You must clear your plate. The reality is you don't. There's no rule to say you have to clear your plate. And if clearing your plate has got you to the point where you're overweight, miserable and unhappy, well, then maybe you should start thinking about, maybe clearing my plate isn't the best idea. But you haven't maybe thought of that. You haven't really considered that as an action. You just thought of it as a habitual action all your life. So these small steps, these small journeys, these small battles that you every time you overcome, you're giving yourself another opportunity to have tangible evidence that you can overcome your thoughts, you can overcome your fears and your patterns. So it's just something that I want people to realize. You're on your your own personal journey, and everyone's journey is going to be different. And if you start allowing yourself to compare yourself to others, you're never going to achieve the goal you want to achieve. So that's me for today and uh, hopefully see big this tomorrow. See you then.